Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello world, welcome to the very first Arse Blog Arsecast. It's like a podcast except with arses. Brought to you in association with ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk uh, who, because it's the very first Arsecast, have given me a brilliant Arsenal shirt to give away. Uh, I'll give you more details of how to enter that competition later in the show. So what's an Arsecast, you might ask? Well, you know the way the blog is just me writing some shit and you come along and read the shit and everybody likes the shit? Well, an Arsecast is just me talking shit instead. Uh, you can subscribe to the Arsecast through iTunes if you have that on your computer. So every time there's a new one, it automatically downloads into your iTunes music library. Also, you can uh, subscribe through your favorite RSS reader. And if all that sounds far too technical for you, then that means it probably is. You can just download it directly from the website every time there's a new one. So, what are we going to do? Uh, at the moment, everything's a little bit up in the air because uh, these things evolve and, and uh, take a bit of time to, to find their feet. But for the moment, um, I'll give you an idea of some of the things that are, that are going to happen. One is a, a blog chat, which is going to be me phoning up another Arsenal blogger, talking about Arsenal, about the last game we had, about the game we've got coming up, about any particular issues that might be uh, affecting the team or just football in general. Uh, another thing we'll do is take on board your or take your comments and emails and try and uh, answer some of those questions. So you can always email arscast at arsblog.com during the week, and then hopefully I'll have time to uh, to go over some of the emails in the show. Another thing I want to do is maybe get some interviews with some players, if uh, the club will allow that, or if any of the players will, will talk to me, uh, or maybe some ex-players or people involved in the club in some way, or just something that might be a little bit interesting in terms of, in terms of Arsenal. And uh, the final thing uh, for the moment that we have lined up is the Arsenal Bet of the Week, brought to you in association with BlueSquare.com. They'll give me uh, a bet of the week to tell to you. You just go to BlueSquare.com and make the bet, and naturally you're going to win lots and lots of money. And then what you can do is donate some of that money to me because, uh, you know, um, I, I really need it. No, really, I do. Anyway, okay, let's get on with the first ever blog chat. Uh, this week... I called up Good Player from GoodPlayer.com. I rang him on Wednesday morning, which is why there are references to last night uh, when we were talking about the CSK Moscow game. We spoke about uh, the Arsenal performance, the reaction to the performance by some of the websites and by some of the people that comment on the websites. We spoke about Robin Van Persie and his role within the Arsenal team. 
We also had a chat about video evidence or whether video replay should be used in the light of Thierry Henry's goal being disallowed. Also, we had a look at the upcoming Reading game. And the last thing we spoke about was uh, Jose Mourinho's comments about the Peter Cech incident and what we both thought of uh, Peter Cech's injury and uh, the, the challenge by the Reading player last week. So without further ado, here is the very first blog chat with Good Player. So right now I'm talking to uh, Good Player from goodplayer.com. Hello, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, would have been better for a decent result last night. Absolutely. Uh, that's the first thing we're going to talk about then, uh, yesterday's game. Uh, what, did you, what did you make of the performance, first of all? The performance wasn't great, but equally it wasn't as bad as some of the listless uh, performances we've seen in Europe away from home over the years. You looked at the, the players that came on. You looked at the the, uh, the goal. The, sorry, you looked at some of the players that came on. You looked at the goal we made of it in the final 25 minutes or so. And we, we actually had a serious chance of equalising, which often hasn't been the case. And we probably should have equalised from Omri's goal. So disappointing in a sense. But Spartak and Moscow were a very good side. Um, was it Spartak? Oh, shit, it wasn't Spartak. No, it wasn't. It was CSK. No, so CSK and Moscow were yeah. a very good side. Um, and probably the best side that we've faced for quite a while, certainly this season. Yeah. So disappointed, but not not disheartened. Okay. Uh, I mean, one of the things that that I noticed, particularly in the first, I didn't think the free kick was a free kick at all that they got their goal from, um, because I thought the referee played advantage, and and then you know after their advantage came to nothing, he allowed them the chance from from the free kick. But that's that's by well, the I by, think I, I think that you're 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 right in the sense that. He played the advantage, and so that should have been it. I think it, if he if he'd blown up in the first place for a foul on Jorou, it probably was, in my opinion, it was a foul. But but certainly, you know, once he played advantage, the whole point is he got he had a shot and it didn't go in. Such as life, you know, had had the shot gone through and Jens Lehmann just saved it, would he then have pulled it back? I mean, it, it seems slightly absurd to me. Yeah. But carry on, yeah. Um, and the goal, obviously, Henri's goal that was that was ruled out, clear goal. You know, the the problem is that with New te- the technology that it is nowadays, we can see everything that happens, and we expect referees to be good, to be as good as the cameras, but they, they can't possibly be, and it's it's creating a farcical situation at the moment, but uh, UEFA and FIFA seem to have no interest in doing anything about it, so I guess it's just going to carry on happening. Um, based on that, then, would you be in favour of, of uh, video replays for ev- for incidents like that? Well, I think, I think they're essential because it's just ma- it's making a farce of the game at the moment. It's, we're asking referees to do a job. We're expecting them to do a job which, which human beings aren't capable of, of doing. You know, the reason we get annoyed at referees is, is not because they're all really rubbish at refereeing. They're probably as good as anyone. They're probably the best that, that there are. But it's just human beings are not capable of seeing everything that we now see on the cameras. And it's just making a mockery of what's happening. And it will happen in time. It's just when it will happen, and knowing FIFA and UEFA, it probably won't be for until it's far too late. You know, but what can you do? Yeah, not until they can get it sponsored by by somebody else. The other the other side of that argument, though, is that you know human error is is part of the game as much as a goalkeeper letting a, a ball go between his legs, a referee missing a decision, or a linesman you know flagging for a wrong decision has always been part of the game. It's just maybe now that that it, uh, now that we see it more often, we have. Uh, we have uh, more opportunity to see where they've gone wrong. Well, I don't think I think that's there is an argument to say that, but I think in tennis there's no debate now that line calls, etc., using technology are a good thing. I mean, no, no one argues with that basically. Sure. 
Um, and so, so what? So why not for football? You know, it's it's all very well saying human error is part of it, but but that's just the kind of uh, that's an old-fashioned view, I think, from when from when we didn't have the technology. When at the moment football's credibility is being ruined by the fact that we can all see these decisions are wrong, and we're still we're still letting them stand, and we're still sticking our heads in the sand, and you you refuse to let the referees do anything retrospectively even after the game and say and wipe out yellow cards, wipe out red cards and even give yellow and red cards for things that they've missed. Yeah. I just I just think it's making a mockery of football which uh, and it's just not helping the game at all. Okay. That's an interesting one. That's something we'll we'll maybe come back to on, a, on a, another arse cast. Um second thing I wanted to touch on was the reaction to to last night's game. Now, the team has just won uh, six in a row, including an away game at Old Trafford, which you know has effectively uh, turned things around in terms of uh, people's belief and uh, in the squad and possibly you know within the squad itself. Now, uh, I'm going to give uh, three quotes uh, from comments left. Two of them were on were on your site. One of them is on one of them is on my site. Um, Gilberto is rubbish. Henri is killing the team. Uh, they were from your site. Van Persie is a cunt. That's from my site, surprisingly enough. And one blog that I read this morning labelled the, the, the performance in, in Moscow uh, a disgrace. Well, the comment about the performance being a disgrace is, is just utter rubbish. The performance at Liverpool away last season was a disgrace. Last night it wasn't a disgrace. We were up against a good team. We had some good passages of play. It, it just, I think anyone can see it wasn't a disgrace. Going on to the individual players, more interestingly, Gilberto, I, t- I totally disagree. He wasn't he wasn't rubbish, but at the same time, when things when things don't seem to be going right for us, it's, it, it's often the case that Gilberto will kind of be a yardstick of that, and he'll be the first guy for who things start going wrong. It'll be little things. It'll be it'll be just just not thinking really. I mean, there was a, there was a moment against Watford on Saturday when they were, when they actually had their best chance, which was volleyed over, and the, it was a corner that came in or thrown, and Gilberto's header was just awful, and it, it came out and it really put us in the put us in the mud, if you like, in a. Mm. And so I think sometimes Gilberto is kind of stands out more than anyone else. If the team's not doing well, he won't be doing well. As far as Van Persie goes, Van Persie's a difficult one. He's a fantastically talented player. He, he scores some great goals. He's a very useful player. We need him. He can do stuff that other players can't do. How to, how to integrate him is a, is a harder question. I, d- I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very, it's a very difficult one. Um, Austin hasn't yet found a situation to will he will have to see, but certainly we need. He knows that Van Persie is a vital asset, and to get rid of him would be a very foolish thing to do. If nothing else, he's different. He's not like Fled, Rizicki, Fabregas. They're all fantastic players, but they're they're carved in the mould of a classic Wenger player. They're his foot soldiers, if you like. Van Persie's a bit different. You know, he doesn't always pass the ball. He sometimes goes and goes for the spectacular, and and you do actually need that sometimes. As far as Omri goes. It's obvious he's not wrecking the team, but I, I do think there is a slight issue there. And that, how do you put it? He's, he's got a certain ego on him. You only needed to see when his goal was ruled out. The kind of facial reactions that you saw were, were, were those of a, of a guy who, a guy who knows that he's a big fish, basically. Um, and I do think that sometimes his reactions to Van Persie are slightly overdone. And it's not, it's not so much trying to provide a solution as actually. You know, it's, a, it's all very well thumping the ground, etc., and getting frustrated. But there needs to be something. I'd like to see a bit more productive from Henri. I'm sure that goes on on the training pitch. Yeah. Certainly, I felt that with Van Persie in the first half last night, when he had the chance to take it to pass it to either Toro or Henri for the goal, he probably should have. He went and tried to take it around the keeper. If you actually look, Toro and Henri weren't that well placed. Certainly, Henri wasn't at all. 
So it's a tough one, but I do think people have a tendency to completely overreact, and you do you do get some stupid comments on the blogs. Yeah, I mean, touching on Van Persie because he's someone I want to talk about because there's a lot of talk about him today on on my blog and all, all the other blogs. Um, what I thought yesterday was that uh, the the fact that he has been accused of being a selfish player, and that's that's true at times. But I think the fact that um, you know he's tried to to do something about that. Uh, may have had an influence on the two chances that he had yesterday, particularly the one where he was running straight at the defender and, and chose to pass. Possibly in the past he would have he would have used Gallas as a decoy and, and, and gone for goal himself. And the second chance, uh, when he could have passed Henri or, or to Toure, I think the first thing he thought of at that point was, was to pass, and then he decided to, to, to go past the keeper, at which point you know, he'd, he'd, he'd taken too much time. You're completely right on that. I think he did look to pass. And I think it was because he knew that they'd want him to pass. And I think had he actually done what would have come instinctively to him, he might have he might have just bamboozled the keeper a bit like he bamboozled the Villa defence in the five 0 victory last season, exactly. and just and just done it himself instinctively without thinking. So I think perhaps you're right that the fact that he did try and pass actually almost almost made it more difficult than it was. Mm. Personally, I think he just needs a, a run of games in the one position because it's difficult to play a guy who, who you play him as a striker against Charlton he scores two fantastic goals uh, and the next game you're playing him sort of on the left hand side of, of what Arsene likes to call a, a 4-3-3 but it effectively is a, is a 4-5-1 which to me is a, is a pretty negative uh, formation so I, I, I don't know I don't know. Maybe just give him a run of games up front and and see how he see how he comes in. But people are saying he can't play with Henri, but he played with Henri at Charlton and scored twice. So I think it's it is a very it's a very difficult one because I think there are games when you need Adebayor up there and there's not really space in the team for Van Persie, Adebayor, and Henri. Clearly, you're going to play Henri. Um, so so who do you pick? And it's it's a kind of picking and choosing thing. It goes it goes back quite a long way in a way that Wenger hasn't. Since Bergkamp kind of started to wane, maybe four years ago or so, Wenger hasn't really ever resolved who his first choice strike force are, and we we still don't know that. There have been so many players who have come and gone, who have been potential first partners for, for Omri, and no, no one's stuck. And we were we were so lucky in a way to have Bergkamp. Mm. If you look through the ten years that Bergkamp was there, he was fantastic partnerships with Ian Wright, Nicholas Anelka, and Thierry Henry. And that tells you more about Bergkamp than a. Uh, than, than you know, probably any one-off spectacular goal can. So it's 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 a challenge that Wenger is trying to face up to. But, but at the moment, I'm not sure if he hasn't has an answer for cre- creating that that ideal partnership. No, maybe the, the the way the modern game has gone, the the fact you know uh, you don't just have one partnership. You've got to try and get a blend of strikers that can that can play together so he can put Van Persie and Adebayor together or Van Persie and Henri, Henri and Adebayor and then of course we have to throw Walcott into the mix at some point as well. So that's, I think that's quite right and if you actually look at uh, the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United, their, their, front, their front parents are not, are not as settled as, uh, as, as we used to think. You know, we used to talk about the great partnerships, Rice and Henri, um, Shearer and Sheringham etc. Shearer and Ferdinand, Cole and York, and and you don't really t- tend to have that so much anymore. It's a lot more flexible, and so perhaps perhaps the, the age of the partnership, the striking partnership, has passed, and it's uh, it's going to be far more a case of, of blending, as you say, you know, three, four, four forwards and getting them all working together. Yeah, I reckon so. Okay, uh, the final thing I want to, to talk about then is the game against uh, game against Reading on on Sunday. Uh, 
I've been pretty impressed by them since they came up. They work very, very hard. They've got uh, some good players in the side, but what's impressed me most is sort of the, the, the team ethic that they have, that they really uh, they really work together. And they've been, they were very unlucky, I thought, against, uh, against Chelsea. Uh, they were unlucky against uh, United as well, was it? Yeah, I saw. I, I missed the Chelsea game. I've only seen a. I've only seen brief highlights of it. Obviously, including the controversial instance. I saw some of the United game, and they were very impressive. And yeah, you know, there's no doubt now they'll be they'll be massively up for us. They'll know that we've lost in uh, in midweek. They've got obviously Stephen Sidwell, the captain in the middle. He'll be he'll be mightily up for. You know, he'll really want to impress against us. Seeing as uh, I think he still hankers one day to come back to the club and kind of prove himself as as, as the one that. That actually, you know, got it. The one ex-Arsenal who got his head down really worked hard and actually, actually, eventually made the grade. So they're, they're going to make it very, very tough for us. And again, it's a case of just, it's a case of just digging in, doing what we do, and you know, a bit of trying to weather the storm. I think. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in 3 years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I think Reading will be anxious. They'll be, they'll be stunned slightly by, by what happened to Czech and Kuzcini last week. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see their approach, whether they go for health or leather, whether, whether they're a bit tentative. I don't know. In a way, this game reminds me slightly of when we went to Wigan last year. Um, they were doing very well working at the time, and uh, we knew it was going to be a very, very tough game. We came through that one reasonably well, although we did defend pretty appallingly for two goals, I seem to remember. So it's it's going to be quite an interesting game, but again, the vital thing is at this stage, it's just about it's just about building up the points so that come come February, you know, we're in a position where we can challenge. And it's a, it reminds me a bit of the 97-98 season in a way. It's, you know, for the first, you know, six, you know, five five months of that season or so, he was really bedding the team in, and we managed to notch up enough points that we were, were in a position come a February to challenge. That, I think that's the case now, really. Interesting observation that actually. Going, going back to what, what, what about? On. I've got one question for you. What do you think about the uh, the Czech and Kudacini thing and uh, Jose Mourinho? I was just going to ask you about that. What I thought about the the Kudicini incident. Well, I suppose it's been overshadowed. I haven't seen it enough. To me, it looked like uh, the guy was going for the ball uh, for Cudicini, and I think you know the way he fell. He could have fallen and and, and got back up, no problem. Uh, just as it was, uh, you know, whatever way he managed to to, to land on his back, it, it knocked him out. With regards to Czech one, I thought the the Reading guy could easily have uh, have got out of the way. He could have hurdled the keeper. He could have moved to the side. There was no reason for him to, to keep going uh, and to put his knee in, in, in the area that he did, knowing that you know the, the keeper was going to come sliding towards him. I don't think for one second that he meant to hurt him uh, in the way that in the way that he did. But I think uh, you know it was it was careless play. It was dangerous play and and uh, I have some sympathy for for Mourinho. Uh, you know when he complains about it. 
Um, it, it's more difficult to have sympathy for him when you see the story uh, in the in the papers where he's complaining it took you know 30 minutes for the ambulance to arrive and the ambulance service and, and the Reading Football Club are saying no it, it was 7 minutes he was in hospital within sort of 25 minutes so uh, I think that's the nature of Mourinho is that while he does garner some sympathy for, for the, for the uh, challenge on Czech uh, he sort of undoes it all by exaggerating or, or you know blatantly lying about about other parts of it, but I thought it was a dangerous. Uh, I thought it was a dangerous uh, challenge, and, and if the FA don't do something about about uh, Hunt, I'd be surprised. I know. What did, what did you I agree? Make I mean, I, th- I think it was a uh, clearly he didn't he didn't want to fracture his skull, but at the same time, it was no coincidence that this happened in the first minute of a Reading v Chelsea, which is always going to be a very very highly charged game, given their close. Their geographical proximity to each other, and it's clear that Reading have been told to get in among them, you know, stick it up them, you know, let them know you're there, etc., etc. It's just a great English thing. You know, I think Jens had a very good point on a, in the papers yesterday when he said on Tuesday, sorry, when he said that, uh, that when he said that you know there are all these TV pundits sitting there and they're basically stupid because they they talk about letting them have it and all of this rubbish, and the inevitable uh, result is that occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally you will get you will get injuries like this. Now, I'm not saying take a gushing out of the game because that's a very good thing, but I think if you look at some of the... It's a bit like the Diaby injury from, that we got from playing Bolton. You know, um, this, is, this is the flip side of, all, of that kind of uh, great English, uh, you know, kind of uh, spirit, etc. Um, and, you know, I think we should acknowledge that rather than sitting there blindly and saying Hunt, Hunt didn't mean anything whatsoever. The one problem is, the, is that Jose Mourinho, of all the people in the world, is probably the last person that... Uh, is needed to fight this particular battle because he's quite clearly with his bizarre kind of uh, accounts of getting to the ambulances. He's actually ruining a very good. He's ruining a very good point he had, and he's making himself look stupid. And he's he's actually uh, demolishing the whole argument uh, that says that this is a problem. And 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 Reading have come out of it with a more high ground. I don't know if anyone heard their, their spokesman on on a Tuesday night on the radio. You know, very well spoken. Just just said, well, actually, it took five minutes and. Uh, so now I think Reading are going to come out with a more high ground, which is fair. And, you know, they didn't do anything terrible. But um, and Chelsea are going to come out looking very stupid. When in, in fact, what sh- we should have been having a proper debate about this and saying, well, you know, he left his foot in, and you know, someone's got hurt. And what we, you know, what's the, what's the future in terms of this kind of stuff? But, it's all got ruined by Mourinho's great big ego, unfortunately. Well, exactly, that's the thing. I mean, the, the, he made a great point in the, in the paper, you know, in, in one paragraph saying the FA, uh, you know, they gave, they gave him a fine or, or took him to task for making the shush gesture at Liverpool fans and they, 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 uh, they bring in Joey Barton for flashing his arse for like two seconds. But then when there's something like this, when there's a very obvious dangerous play, they, they seem reluctant to to act on it and it's something that's bothered me for, for a long time and you take the Diaby incident for example uh, that was an incident that could have been reviewed should have been reviewed uh, despite the fact that the referee only gave uh, a yellow card and again it was it was Dermot Gallagher wasn't it uh, who was the referee on that day and while they seem to be very keen to, to, to act on things like uh, running over to your fans or taking your shirt off or flashing your arse for a second when it comes to actual violent play that can that can hurt a player and damage a player, they seem more or less spineless. I, I agree entirely. I remember when Patrick Vieira got 
demonised for uh, spitting at Neil Ruddock, which wasn't a particularly nice thing to do. But ultimately, at the end of the day, all it required was Neil Ruddock to take his shirt and take a bit of tissue and wipe it away. And yet, you get you get terrible challenges, really, really appalling challenges, which are, which they just systematically do nothing about. And if you remember the how how long it took, how much pressure it took before they uh, finally punished Ruth Van Nistelrooy after that horrific challenge against uh, against Lauren during the defeat at Old Trafford in, I think it was October 2004 yeah. and, that, and actually getting a three game ban for him just seemed to take an eternity and it was, a, it was almost a great surprise when he got it was you know it, there, there is a complete unfortunately it, it doesn't seem to be run by people particularly bright um, and there just seems to be this uh, this determination to just focus on stuff like dropping your shorts etc focus on stuff like telling this crowd to be quiet and, and a complete inability to actually do, actually do, deal with the things that matter yeah, and I think uh, just to go back to that point, the Rude Van Nistelrooy challenge was on our uh, everybody's favourite cunt, little Ashley, um, not Lauren. So, yes, it was. It was on Ashley Cole, so it was in the left up position. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So nowadays we wouldn't we wouldn't complain about that sort of tackle on Ashley. But no, I mean he'd, he'd be <laughs> completely welcome to do that to Ashley Cole now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we'll leave it there for today. We've got uh, we've got plenty. Excellent. Been interesting. Thanks a million for uh, for taking the time to talk. Um, okay, okay. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again in one of the upcoming Arscasts very soon. So there you go, the first ever Arsenal blog chat with Good Player from GoodPlayer.com. Next week it'll be a different Arsenal blogger and we'll be talking about different things, obviously, because it would be quite boring if we spoke about the exact same thing week in, week out. Uh, I did mention to you that I wanted to get hold of uh, some maybe some former players for interviews to talk about Arsenal and maybe to talk about what was going on in the football world in, in general. And I was trying to get hold of John Devine this week, who played for Arsenal in the, in the 70s and uh, early 80s. He was here in Dublin. He was doing some work for Shelburne FC. I think he was doing some coaching of youth teams there. Uh, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to get hold of him. What I wanted to talk to him about was, with the Reading game coming up, should we be worried about our goalkeepers, considering Reading managed to take out uh, two of Chelsea's last week? Uh, the Peter Cech incident is something that's uh, been in the headlines a lot this week, and despite the fact he plays for them, uh, I wish him well, because fractured skulls really aren't very much fun to anyone. Um, I wasn't able to get John Devine, but amazingly enough, I managed to get hold of, of somebody even better uh, for comment on the Peter Cech incident uh, and what he would do if something like that happened to him. Here's Arsene Wenger, Arsene Wenger Hawkins. If a player did to me what Stephen Hunt did to Peter Cech, then he would suffer the consequences, let me tell you. I would get up, even if my skull was fractured, and I would boot him right in the fucking anus. Then I would climb up on the top of my goalpost and splash him like a professional wrestler. I would fuck that bitch up righteously. Then I would pick the cunt up by the throat, take a small run, then drop kick the fucker right out of the stadium. At that point I would then allow the medics to treat me and perform surgery on my brain if necessary. You have to show the cunts who's boss. Oh yes. Uh, thank you for that Arsene. Um... And in the absence of any real guests or having anyone that might come and talk to me, he might pop up again next week. Now, the Arscast is brought to you every week in association with ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk. And what they do is they sell authentic 
football shirts. Not the replicas. They're actually the real deal. Uh, genuine football shirts from, from years gone by. They have a great selection of Arsenal stuff. Um, obviously, the rarer something is, the higher the price. But they've got some very, very cool stuff on the website. Uh, so do have a browse around there. Classicfootballshirts.co.uk Because they're such nice people, they've given us a shirt to give away uh, as a competition. It's the first Arscast, so uh, we have a shirt to give away as a special prize. Uh, what we have is a 92 to 94 Adidas home shirt, as worn in the 93 uh, Cup double season and also in the 94 Cup Winners' Cup final. To win the shirt, all you need to do is email me the answer to this question. I want to know who scored the winning goal in the replay of the 93 FA Cup final and who scored the winning goal in the 1994 Cup Winners' Cup final. Pretty easy. All you have to do is email arscast at arsblog.com. That's arscast at arsblog.com. And next week, I will announce the winner of the shirt on the Arscast. And that, again, is thanks to classicfootballshirts.co.uk. Okay, so the next bit of the show is where uh, I take a look at some of the emails that you've sent in. If you want to uh, comment on what we've talked about this week or if you want to ask anything in the weeks ahead, it's arscast at arsblog.com. There'll be a bit of clicking here as I go around the emails. Uh, firstly, we have Mark who's uh, just emailed to say that the Ashley Cole book has sold a whopping 3,500 copies since its release. Oh, dear. Uh, I just think it's a bit of a travesty that the, the literary world has overlooked such a, a wonderful piece of writing. I think in the future, when, when children are studying Shakespeare and Dickens and Ashley Cole, we'll wonder how we, we ever managed to overlook such a, a masterpiece. Um, it, it really is a shame. Uh, Rob from America wants to know, just curious about what London or Euro Gooners think of their American counterparts. He says, genuine American Gooners, not the ones who bought a Thierry Henry t-shirt in Times Square. Uh, I don't know what that last bit means, but I think uh, Arsenal fans are fantastic from all over the world. You don't have to be uh, born and living uh, five minutes from Ashburton Grove uh, to be a real Arsenal fan. Um, I think it's fantastic, and people spend lots of money following the team from, from all over the place, whether that's uh, via the internet or whether they get over and back to, to London during the year. I don't think you can discriminate, really. Uh, Paul asks, how do you actually pronounce Rosicky? He says, the TV commentators have gone for Rosicky. Most Gunners seem to say Rosicky, although I've heard it should be, in fact, Rosicky due to the accent on the Y as seen on his Czech Republic shirt. Uh, do any of your readers know? How will you pronounce it on the Arscast? Uh, Rosicky, Rosicky, Rosicky. Uh, I don't know. I'm confused. Can someone clear that up for us? You can uh, leave a comment on today's Arses if you want. Um, it's, uh, he says it's another example of the syndrome um, of our Belarusian midfielder. Uh, you actually pronounce his name Alexander <coughs> Leb. Um, but it's much more difficult to do it that way. Art asks, uh, do you have long blonde hair? Um, no, I don't, Art, but thanks very much for the question. And uh, another Paul wants to know, who is my favorite Arsenal player of all time? And uh, the answer is Liam Brady, of course. Now, before we go to the next and final part of the show, I just want to make a quick phone call. Good afternoon, Lucy Stadium. Hello, is that Reading Football Club? It is. Yeah, hi, I'm just calling on behalf of uh, Jens Lehmann. I'm just wondering, um, should he uh, should he bring a crash helmet to the game on Sunday?
Reading Football Club. Yeah, hi, good morning. I'm, I'm calling on behalf of Jens Lehmann. I'm just wondering if he should bring a crash helmet for the game on Sunday? That's very good. Thank you very much. Well, I thought it needed to be asked, in fairness. Okay, on to the final part of our show, which is the Bet of the Week, brought to you in association with bluesquare.com. That's www.bluesq.com. Simon Wolf from Blue Square commented, The Gunners were robbed of a draw in Moscow thanks to a late disallowed goal when Thierry Henry was wrongly adjudged to have handled the ball. If you fancy Thierry to suffer the same fate at the Majeski Stadium on Sunday, he can be backed at 10-1 to to score another disallowed goal. Thierry can also be backed at 7-2 to score the first goal of the game, but if he scores in the first 15 minutes, we'll double the odds, paying out at 7-1. So what are you waiting for? Uh, get on to www.bluesq.com, place your bets, and feel free to donate uh, as much of the winnings to me as, as you see fit. Also, next week, on the blog itself, uh, make sure you uh, log on on Monday because we'll have another competition in association with bluesquare.com where you can win two tickets to the Everton game the following Saturday. So uh, it's a cool competition, so make sure you tune in for that. And that's the very first Ars Blog Arscast in association with ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, any feedback or suggestions for future Arscasts will be more than welcome to Arscast at Arsblog.com. That's Arscast at Arsblog.com. I'll read all the emails, even the ones calling me a cunt, and I'm sure there'll be a few of those. Um, make sure you tune in next week because we'll have another blog chat with a different Arsenal blogger. We'll have the winner of the ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk competition. Another bet of the week, thanks to bluesquare.com, and some other crap, which might be entertaining or not. Anyway, hope you enjoyed it. See you next week. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.